Hey everyone, Charles here. And first of all, thank you for stopping by my podcast. If this show inspires you, makes you think, or gives you that courage to jump into action, please help by donating to this show. Click the link in the description and donate. Your donation helps us with production and finding great guests moving forward. Thank you and enjoy. Amazon is offering sign-on bonuses up to $1,000. Plus, get up to $20 an hour for select roles. The best part? We're hiring near you. So start now to take home something greater. New, higher wages with a sign-on bonus. A range of real benefits and career growth opportunities in a top-rated workplace. So earn more and see how great pay and sign-on bonuses can lead to a greater life for you. Go to Amazon.com slash apply. Amazon is an equal opportunity employer. You know you should be doing something different, right? Hey, I'm talking to you. Do you believe that you have the gift for greatness or have a special talent, but don't have the courage to take that next step? Always wondering how others made it look so easy? Well, welcome to Jump, the show that will bring you special guests just like you and me. How did they get the courage to jump into greatness? Doing what they love and living the good life. So get ready to jump with your host, Charles Matthews Jr. Jump fans, how you guys doing? And you know, it's been a couple of days and my show has been off and it's been going great. Thank you so much to all my fans that have been calling in and listening in. And I'm, I'm glad that you guys are getting the utmost out of the show because the whole reason I did the show is to help people out there. So when I saw this lovely lady, I thought, you know something, I got to get her on the show. We're going to go a little bit different direction because I feel that in business, it's not just one thing. Business is mind, body, and soul. So I wanted to get this lovely lady on the show. So ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sandra Aliyah to the show. Sandra, how you doing? I'm great. Thank you for having me on. No, I'm excited to have you on because uh, I noticed I was checking out your bio, I was checking out your website, and anybody that's been on Vibe 105 has got to come on my show. Okay? <laughs> no, they're a great group of people. I actually got started on 105. That's how I started my radio career. Oh, so. wow. I know if I can get you on there, then you know you're good. You're good people. You got to get on my show. That's awesome. <laughs> but not only that, you've been on some big shows: Global News, Toronto Star, Rogers, What She Said, Reader's Digest, Women's Fitness. You know, um, how did you get story? Tell us a little bit more about you. Yeah, I mean, where do I start? Um, I what I I sum it up by saying that I took what I thought was one of the greatest curses of my life being in my 20s being classified as morbidly obese suffering from horrific depression at that time I was in a bad marriage I was off work I was taking care of my mom who suffered from bipolar disorder and and she herself was morbidly obese like it was just such a dark time in my life where everything was spiraling out of control Um, and I was able to to um, flip that, I was able to take the steps that were necessary to transform my life, and I made it one of the greatest blessings of my life. Because I truly believe it's either suffering or you find meaning. And I don't want to be a victim, and I want to find meaning in everything in my life, including times that were dark and painful. And 
out of that, you know, I was able to put together some programs that help people who suffer with food addiction. Um, and I'm able to make it my life's work, my life's passion. So today I can look back at that time and say it was the greatest blessing of my life. Okay, now I'm going through your website. Now, when you say you're obese, I'm looking at the pictures. If people want to follow you, um, go to Sandra. And I'm looking at your pictures and I can't believe it's it's a transition, right? It's 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 a whole transition. Tell everybody, how much did you weigh? So I weighed over 260 pounds and I'm only 5'2". So okay. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a petite person okay. <laughs> carried a lot of weight. Um, I, I don't know how much weight I lost. I know it's over 100 pounds, but today I say that my weight is absolutely none of my business. My business is to eat whole foods, move my body in ways that I love moving my body. And wherever my weight ends up, it ends up because, you know, the truth is we cannot control the number on the scale. We can only control our behaviors. And for a long time in my life, the the number on the scale was the prize. I was just trying so hard and focusing so much on that number. Um, And whatever you focus on expands. (laughs) So that was true of my weight. And the day that I kind of, you know, released myself from that bondage and I said honestly whether I lose another pound or not I do not care I just can't keep living like this anymore I can't keep eating like this it's making me suicidal it's making me depressed I'm just gonna try to go out there and find peace with food and find peace with my body exactly as it was um and and paradoxically that's when I lost all the weight is when I stopped focusing on it now the people always say well you know health 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 they always talk about health on tv and everything when did you start gaining the weight well i'd probably say in my uh teen years i really started packing on the weight and i could pretty much tell you how much i weighed (laughs) any day of the year you know what i weighed in high school high school graduation what i weighed on my wedding day what i weighed and it was always going up and up and up but uh, what happened to me, I, I got a job that I was super excited about. I was about 24 years old and it was on Bay Street and I was really jazzed about it. So I went to a Bay Street dietitian and paid a lot of money and she uh, helped me lose 50 pounds in six months. So that's pretty dramatic. What I didn't understand was when you go on a super restrictive diet, you actually create a famine and your brain has no idea that this famine is artificial. Um, it was self-imposed. So what happens after famine? There's always the feast. So your brain, when it perceives famine, because that was a real threat in human history, it in the background drives up the signals to find food, eat food, and not just any food, but calorie dense, sugary foods, because it thinks it's a matter of life or death, right? My brain's like, holy smoke, Sandra's been in a famine for six months. We really have to drive up these signals. And so I did what most dieters do. In fact, 98% of all dieters, I gained back the 50 and then I gained another 50. And so for me, because I was at the same firm for 15 years, it was so humiliating to show up at work month after month gaining 10 12 8 pounds and just having my colleagues watch me transform into this other person and and the weight was just a symptom I mean they could see how sad I was how desperate I was Um, and it's very isolating you know in a world where we value beauty so much I felt like the more I weighed the less I was worth 
Well, see, that's the thing. When I looked at your profile, I wanted to bring you on the show because I tell everybody to jump. Yeah. Jump into action. Get, you know, follow your dreams, follow your goals. But then I thought to myself, maybe it's not sometimes you're scared mentally. It's mentally and physically. Mm-hmm. Something's holding you back. So I wanted to bring you on the show to realize and to, for you to tell my jump listeners, how did you come out of it? Because looking at your pictures, we've, we've never met. We've only talked on the show, but you look great. You're smiling. You look different. When did you know it was time to switch over? Yeah. So I had a moment. I was on a flight um, from Toronto to Arizona and I get onto the flight and the seatbelt doesn't fit. And I thought there is absolutely no way I'm asking for a seatbelt extender. I'm just not. It's humiliating. There's no way. So I, I hid the seatbelt underneath my stomach flap. And as the um, flight attendant came by, you know, they do the check and it appeared that it was buckled. And I thought, phew, I dodged a bullet. No one needs to know. And then on this flight, we hit some awful turbulence. I mean, the kind of turbulence that causes terror. And, you know, the flight attendants are scrambling to get back to their seats. And I can see one has become like airborne for a moment. Like, that's how bad it was. And I thought to myself, I'm just hanging on to the, to this, uh, the, the, the sides of my seat. And I'm thinking, wow, like, this is it. Like, I didn't have the courage. I don't care for myself enough to ask for a seatbelt extender. And now my life is at risk. And I left that plane and I said, that's it. This is done. It's over. I have to do something and I have to do something I've never done before. And for me, that was unconditional love. And I know we all hear it, right? We all have to love ourselves. It sounds so trite. But the truth is, and this is where I, you know, I help people understand the importance. Love is energizing. Love will always give you the energy to do the work that you need to do. And hate, self-judgment, self-condemnation will drain you of every ounce you have. And that was the trap and the and the loop that I was stuck in. I hated myself. I despised myself, which meant I wasn't going to care for this body if I hate it. And so when I flipped over to love and unconditional love, unconditional acceptance, all 260 pounds of me with the sagging skin and the lumps and the bumps and the stretch marks, and I just stood in the light of day and I I was able to see what was right, what was perfect, what was lovable, then my outlook changed. Then I had the energy. Then the inspiration came. Then I was in the flow. I could see what was possible because I had left behind this other reality, I would say, where it was just pure hate for myself. And I moved into a place of love. Well, then now that you're saying that, I got to put two and two together because I'm going through your profile and uh, congratulations, by the way, because you're one of the finalists in uh, the 2018 Grand Slam. Yes. So exciting inspirational speaking competition and it's happening november 28th yes please come out and support it'll be such a fun night 14 amazing speakers all right so hopefully we can you know get that out there make everybody come out and see it but then i'm thinking to myself if you were so scared to get an extender yeah. How, how did you transition? Like this is a 180. Now you're on stage speaking. You're, fi- you're a finalist. You can't even ask. You can't even ask for an extender, but you you want to go in front of the people and speak now. I know. I know. Isn't that so funny? And I have to tell you, um, when I did the first speaker slam, it was the first competition I had ever done in my life. In my okay. life. 
<laughs> and um, I won second place and I won judges a judge's choice award so it was amazing and I'm not a competitive person at all that's just not part of me but I only lost by half a point that night and suddenly competition has been ignited in me <laughs> if I had if I had lost by you know 20 points or you know like by a major but that half a point stung like I can't even tell you um so how did I get to this place where I can stand on stage and and you know I'm and on the 28th I'm bringing it like my we only have five minutes about five and a half minutes on the stage and I'm bringing everything I'm gonna do a little singing I'm gonna do a little dancing I'm gonna do a little talking and I'm a terrible singer like it's awful but I am gonna bring everything I got I'm leaving nothing behind when I hit that stage and part of that journey for me was realizing that I am just one part of the human race. I am no better and I am no worse than anybody out there and that we are more alike than we are different. And when I was able to make peace with all the parts of me that cause me distress because it's easy to make peace with the parts of yourself that you like, right? We all have parts of ourselves, whether it's our personality, our sense of humor, our intelligence, our eyes, whatever it is, we can make peace with those parts, but that's not the real work. The real work is making peace with the parts of yourselves that maybe you're not proud of, maybe behaviors you're not proud of, or parts of your body that cause you distress or you're not comfortable with. Those are the parts that I needed to make peace with and love. And I learned through that journey that the more at peace I am with myself, the more at peace I can be with you. So then how do you realize that you are different? So what I mean by that is how do you, when did you say to yourself, okay, I, the Sandra I was before is not the same person I am now. When you look in the mirror now, do you still see yourself as the old person or do you see yourself as the new person? I, I don't even recognize, no, not even a scrap. I always tell people, if I wouldn't even be friends with my 20-year-old self. Like, <laughs> I'm so different. Oh, my God. My 20-year-old self was just, in a lot of ways, I was just this empty shell. And I could be an emotional vampire. And I was always looking for reassurance and making sure that people loved me. And, you know, five people could love me. But what if one person looked at me funny? I would focus on them and figure out what went wrong. And I was always judging other people. And I was so filled with hate for myself that I it spilled over to other people. I am I'm nowhere near that person that I was there and really has nothing to do with the external even though externally I look so different and in fact people tell me and it's so weird that I look younger now 25 years later than I did um, when I was 30 not 25 years that would make me too old 15 years ago. <laughs> I'm like I'm not that old 15 years ago because 15 years ago and I'm still friends with a lot of people they told me my eyes were filled with sadness and I was just not only physically heavy, but emotionally heavy. Um, and I and I walked different and everything about me was different. So, you know, I really believe strength and beauty soars from the inside out. And shortly after I lost the weight, I was interviewed by a radio station about fat phobia. It was just like, it was a while ago, at least 10 years ago. And they talked about fat discrimination and fat phobia. And they wanted uh, my perspective because I had lived in a body that was considered obese. And then I lived in a body in a normal size or a, a healthy size. I should say there is no normal size, but a healthy body weight. And um, I really said to them, I couldn't comment on fat discrimination because, yes, people treated me different, 100%. 
So I worked with people who treated me one way when I was 260 pounds and then treated me another way when I lost all the weight. And I really believe they were just reflecting back to me the way I felt for myself. I don't think they're jerks. I don't think they were horrible people. I really don't. That would be too easy to say, wow, I look different now and you're treating me well. No, they were reflecting back exactly how I felt about myself. So then how did this translate into business? Because the whole, why we tell everybody is to go for it, you know, be the new you. So what did you do different? How do you take the new you and translate it into business-wise because you're doing different things now. Yeah, so it's very interesting. So with business um, and life in general, you know, do you believe that you live in a kind, loving, supportive universe? Or do you believe that you live in a universe that's lack and dog-eat-dog and the survival of the fittest, right? And I really believe that perspective shapes how you show up in life. So I truly believe that I live in a universe that loves me, supports me, and gives me everything I need the moment I need it. In the moment I need it, not beforehand. So I was in this corporate job for 15 years and it was soul crushing, (laughs) but I had what they called the golden handcuffs, right? I couldn't leave, even though my spirit was saying, this is soul crushing, you don't belong here. My brain would take over that intuitive voice and say, are you crazy? You get benefits, (laughs) you have a pension, you're making good money, you get five weeks vacation, no one's ever going to give you five. And it would squash that little voice inside of me that said, you got to go. You got to go. This is killing you. This is not your calling. And then my brain would say, stop it. Be quiet. Enjoy your office. (laughs) And um, then I went on mat leave. And because the universe loves me so much, uh, my employer called me up and said, we know you're not happy. Would you like a package to leave? And I thought, well, yeah. And they said, we know that you wanted to become a uh, professional coach, a life coach. Would you like us to pay for that course? And I was like, uh, yeah. What kind of, hold so, on, hold on, hold on. What kind of good employer do you have? I might want to switch yeah. my job. Like, I know. They're one of the top 10 employers in the world. I won't mention oh them. Oh, my but, Lord. Uh, that's, that's fantastic where they can actually help you out like that to... to to, yeah, to good because so then I'm sorry to cut you, but and I that, and, that, 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 and I had worked there for 15 years though as well, so yeah. I had given them a big chunk of my life. Yeah, but that just goes to show you if you keep good relationships in your work, exactly. good things will happen. Exactly, that's exactly right. Even though I was miserable there, I still showed up every day and did the best that I could and worked really hard. So yeah, you're exactly right. So um, so there I was. I now have you know 18 months of salary without having to work, and they were paying for my coaching lessons. So I'm like, wow, thank you, because I would have never had the courage to leave that job, but it was given to me. The gift was given to me. So I went ahead and I finished up. You know, it took me a year, or two years, finished up my coaching uh, uh, practice. And a good friend of mine, someone who knows me, a soul sister, said, "Oh, are you going to help food addicts?" And I was like, no way. No, I can't. I have nothing to give food addicts. That's too complicated. And and anyways, food addicts want really skinny people. (laughs) They don't want me. I'm not a size two. I'm not on the cover of Shape magazine. They're going to look at me and they're going to say, honey, you still got a good, you know, 20 pounds to lose. What are you going to teach me? Um, And all ridiculous and all fear based and any decisions that you make based on fear never good quality. Poor quality decisions are based in fear. High quality decisions are based on 
belief and faith and following your intuition. So I, I resisted that and I went on for a couple of years doing life coaching, never really taking off, but I didn't have to worry about money because I had this other income. Um, so then one day um, I just put my foot on the path. Just I put my toe on it. I just said, okay, let me see what happens if I serve this community of uh, food addicts. And oh my God, everything, everything came rushing towards me. Opportunities and partnerships and doors opened for me almost effortlessly. It was kind of crazy. Whereas for two years, I was kind of pounding the pavement trying to be a life coach. And then when I said, fine, I surrender. I think this is a calling. I'm also a big meditator. And so I always listen to the messages that I get. And I said, fine, if, if you want me to be, if you want me to help life uh, food addicts, fine, then you got to bring it. And, uh, and boy, oh boy, did the universe bring it. And I was able to partner with some top obesity doctors. I created Ontario's very first eight-week outpatient program. I helped co-create Canada's first residential treatment program for food addicts. Um, I run retreats. Um, I've had hundreds and hundreds of people go through my program and they're recovering. And, you know, I work seven days a week now. And if I worked seven days a week at my last job, I would have been so miserable. So, I can't even tell you, but I love what I do. So it doesn't feel so like So the work. retreats, mm-hmm. is it for, is it for um, helping to come back out? Stay with us. We'll be right back. Stop. Are you ready to maximize the impact of your podcast interviews and elevate your brand like never before? Stop wasting time on interviews that don't reach their full potential. With our cutting-edge AI technology, you can transform your content into captivating marketing materials in just seconds. Don't wait for hosts to promote your work. Take control of your brand's narrative today. Click the link below and unlock the full potential of your interviews. Say hello to Proactive Marketing Mastery and watch your brand soar with Cast Magic. So retreats, uh, my retreats are to really uh, jumpstart your recovery. So we go away, we detox off sugar and uh, flour products. And then that's only step one, right? Just, Just get off the drugs because for some people, they have a relationship with food where um, they use it like a drug. So the way that an alcoholic uses alcohol, a drug addict uses drugs, some people use food in that way. So we just got to get off our drugs first, but then we got to shine a light across our whole life. It's a whole life healing process. What's going on in your relationships? What's going on with you spiritually? What do you do when emotions bubble up to the surface and you're not going to use food to cope, right? So really helping people bring your relationship back to food to its rightful purpose. Its rightful purpose is to nourish your body, vitalize your body, and not using food to achieve a a purpose, like numbing out, stress relief, love. Okay, so we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, I want to find out now... You've gone through the changes, you've gone through the process, but I think a lot of my listeners want to know how, how did you lose the weight? What did you do? And it was step by step. So we're going to get them a little step by step to find out how you did it healthy. And then, and in the same process, it sounds like while you were doing it, you were happy at the same time. So we'll be right back. Hey, it's okay. If you're driving or too busy to take notes, Charles has your 
Amazon is offering sign-on bonuses up to $1,000, plus get up to $20 an hour for select roles. The best part? We're hiring near you. So start now to take home something greater. New, higher wages with a sign-on bonus, a range of real benefits, and career growth opportunities in a top-rated workplace. So earn more and see how great pay and sign-on bonuses can lead to a greater life for you. Go to Amazon.com apply. Amazon is an equal opportunity employer. Your parachute packed with all the info you need to jump into success. Check out the links section for all the tools you need to land safe. Now, let's keep falling with Charles and his special guest. Yes, we are back and I have my guest here, Sandra Alia, and she is excited and i love when i hear my guests excited to talk about their story because your story is what makes you and without a story in your life you can't live and grow without your story so her story is phenomenal about how she lost the weight and became a transition new person she's always been that person inside but you know now she's this wonder woman and i call her wonder woman because i you know i've been looking through her facebook post and you know i think was it this year your wonder woman or last year or yes yes this year (laughs) i loved it (laughs) so please tell my listeners how did you transform because earlier in the show you talked about you know you went on this real fast um regiment and then after you went on this regiment you end up gaining more weight Yes. So how did you, how did you slowly lose the weight? So the first thing is I always say, if you want to gain weight, go on a diet. That is the best way to gain weight. And we have research to back that up. (laughs) 98% of all dieters uh, will gain the weight back and only two are able to maintain 50 pounds and keep it off for five years. So in a way, I'm kind of this weird statistical outlier that I've been able to keep it off for, you know, 13 plus years. And the only reason that I've been able to do that is A, I don't diet. B, I don't treat, I treat my eating like an addiction. So I just put a brick wall between me and sugar and flour products. So flour products are your pastas and your pizzas and your breads, right? I just, I don't touch flour products and sugar products. Fruit is okay. And then I eat everything else, everything else I eat and I enjoy. And my food is delicious because I need to live in a way that is inspiring. I can never diet again. I'm never going to count calories. I'm never going to weigh and measure, count carbs. None of that insanity. Numbers make me crazy, including the scale. So all of that is gone. So when I go to a restaurant, when I travel, I'm like, does it have sugar? Does it have flour? No, no, good. I'm eating it and I'm enjoying it. All right. Um, so that was, yeah. So hold on. Let me just, let me just break, break this down because I'm trying to lose weight myself here. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> So, so what 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 are we cutting out here? We're cutting. Anything that has refined sugar. Refined sugar gone. Yeah. What else? And it's and it's in everything. Everything. <laughs> Barbecue sauce, ketchup, soy sauce, like even salad, every salad dressing. Oh, <laughs> every cereal. Man, I just Yeah. My Because we think it's just cupcakes. No, no, no. It's in like it's crazy how much uh, the grocery store almost everything has sugar in it. Okay, and then what was the other thing? Flour. So uh, refined flour that you would make bread with, pasta with, pizza. Pizza is the number one most addictive food on the planet. Pizza is number one. So pizza is number one. Potato chips are number two. And number three is chocolate. 
Oh, nah, see, you, you went too far now. You, you put the chocolate. <laughs> chocolate is made with sugar. Oh, man. You just threw the chocolate in there. Okay. Yeah. So that. Yeah. And, and do this one meal at a time. So I always tell people, because the, the next question I get is, oh, my God, for the rest of your life. And I'm like, no, I can't commit to anything for the rest of my life. I've been married and divorced, engaged and ended it. I have commitment problems. I can't <laughs> commit to no sugar and no flour for the rest of my life. All that I can commit to, because I've already ate breakfast, is lunch. That's the only thing I can commit to. And, I, and, and it becomes... See, the biggest predicator of future change is self-efficacy. And self-efficacy is the belief that it is possible. So when you say to yourself, I'm never going to have sugar for the rest of my life, your, your self-efficacy is probably like a zero or a one, which means you're not going to do it. But when I ask myself, just for lunch, just for today for lunch, can I avoid sugar and flour? My self-efficacy is a 10 out of 10. Yeah, that's totally possible. And then I ask myself the same question at dinner. Um, because as soon as you start thinking about, you know, the next day and whatever, it's too anxiety making. And if you do it one meal at a time, I promise you, you'll look over your shoulder one day and go, huh, it's been days, weeks, months, years. How did that happen? Because you took it one moment at a time. Okay. So I, I have to ask when you win the competition, because I, I have a good feeling when you win <laughs> the competition, okay, the Grand Slam speaking. What, what do you give yourself as dessert? Like, what do you treat yourself? Dessert? No. <laughs> There's no dessert. Oh, man. <laughs> so I, how do I reward myself? Yeah. How do I uh, celebrate? I always celebrate. So the thing when I accomplish something, I really try to cement it into who I am and who I'm becoming. And I do a lot of mirror work. And I know this sounds hokey, but it's really powerful. So get in front of the mirror, look into your eyes and, and just say, who are you becoming? So if I accomplish something, I'll get in front of the mirror. I'm like, you are strong. You are brave. You are intelligent. You're getting better every day. The miracles unfolding. But I say it to myself and it feels amazing. Amazing. Because... I always give this analogy to my clients, you know, when you make a mistake, how long do you analyze that mistake, ruminate over that mistake, consider that mistake? How long? Right? Some people say days or hours. And then I say to them, well, when you have a success, how long do you analyze that? And they're like, oh, no, I don't do that. I go, how long do you ruminate about your successes? Mm, no, don't do that. Do you lose sleep over your successes? No. Nope. So usually you have a success and you spend five seconds going, well, that felt good and move on. And yet your mistakes get way more airtime. And so I try to flip that paradigm and, and give my successes the analyzing, the ruminating, the sleepless nights, the excitement. I, I, it's funny, you're, you're talking about that and I'm sitting there smiling to myself because now that you, you broke it down like that, you are so true. You'll do something phenomenal. You'll enjoy it for two hours and oh man, like, you know, I'm yes. happy. I did yeah. great. Blah, blah, blah. Every, your friends are calling you. Everybody's saying, oh, we saw you on TV. Everything is great. You're like, okay, thank you. And then one wrong thing goes wrong. And for yes. the next three days, yep. you're down on yourself. <laughs> you forgot about the TV commercial. You forgot about everything. You're, you're just down on yourself. So crazy. Yeah. It's, it's phenomenal how you, how you broke that down and we need to, how do we get out of that? Yeah, I mean, it takes effort, right? It's it's this mental discipline. So not only am I careful about what I put in my mouth, I am even more careful about what I put in my mind because you're constantly feeding your mind. And if you let junk in and junk food in, it's going to show up in your life. 
So I kind of have this analogy, I stand guard at the door of my mind and I decide what I let in. So for example, like I don't even watch movies like horror movies with senseless, senseless violence. I don't want to fill my mind with those images. That's awful. No different than eating out of a dumpster. Do you eat out of a dumpster? No. Well, when you're or watching CNN news, that's eating out of a dumpster for your mind. Or listening to Trump. Sorry, <laughs> didn't mean to bring him up. But uh, oh, forget, well, forget that. Strike that. But that's like I don't feed my mind garbage. I don't, and it can be so addictive. Like I went away with my family to Saint Martin, and we got this like exquisite villa for a week. Like it was, you know, it's a ten million dollar villa, two pools, amazing. And I didn't allow CNN on TV. <laughs> My brother is addicted to CNN, like full on, right? And I wouldn't allow that in this space. I'm like, this is a magical place. We are not putting that on. And day four, he woke up early to watch. He needed his fix. Okay, so so what do you what do you feed your mind? What do you allow the thoughts? What inter- what thoughts do you entertain? And you're not enjoying. Um, and, he, and he's sorry to cut you, but he's not enjoying that moment. No, he's he's filling his mind with violence that's happening in the world and horrible things and and yes that happens and we of course need to be knowledgeable but understand that when you're watching television like that they keep repeating those violent graphic images over and over and over and it has an effect on you. Okay, so then here we go. When you wake up in the morning, you hit the mirror. The mirror is your first step on on no. Okay. So tell me, how, no. how did Sandra wake up and go through her day, her first yeah. steps? Yeah. So a big part of my life is my spiritual practice. And I'm learning that the first few moments are very critical when you wake up. You can almost set the tone for your day. And what I used to do was wake up and check my email. And so what I was telling the universe was by checking my email, everyone else's priorities and requests are far more important than my well-being. That's what you're saying. So I stopped doing that. So now what I do when I wake up, I'm, I'm doing something called a course in miracles. And so every day there is a specific exercise. So because you can get everything on your phone, that's what I do. I'm today I was on lesson 100. So I typed in a course in miracle lesson 100. It came up and I read my lesson for the day. And today's lesson was about being in joy that when you experience joy and when you're actively seeking to be joyful, you're connected to God. And that was my first thought for the day. And that sets the tone for the day. Okay, so hold on. Tell everybody, what the, is that an app or what is it? Oh, so A Course in Miracles is a book. Um, and it's a very difficult book to understand. I'm just putting it out there. And what they have is a workbook. So they have an exercise for every day. So 365 days. I'm on lesson 100. You can either buy the book or you can literally type into Google Course in Miracles lesson number one. And then the next day type in Course in Miracles lesson number two and it'll come up. So it's also free. You don't have to buy the book. Okay, so there you go, jump listeners. See, jump fans, this is why you come on the show and get some little <laughs> insights. Okay, so now you do that every morning, you wake up, and then what's next? Then my daughter takes over my priorities. I'm a single <laughs> mom, and she's uh, seven years old. So before my beautiful Sophia, um, my mornings were about me. So I would exercise, I would meditate, uh, but that's not true anymore. My mornings are about my daughter, so I have to. She demands my attention. As you know, you have children, so I have to make sure she has breakfast or lunches made. She's dressed, brushes her teeth, la, 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 la. And then I got to make sure I do all that for myself. <laughs> um, but because I'm an entrepreneur, one of the greatest gifts of being an entrepreneur is I have total autonomy over my time. 
which means I get to decide when I start working. I get to decide who I work for when I stop. Um, now you would think people always assume, oh, then how do you have the discipline? I go, there is no discipline. I'm pulled to this. This is my calling. So I actually work more now than I did when I was in the corporate world. I work seven days a week, um, but at my own pace and when I want to. Is it because now that you found yourself and then you're loving what you do? Is this why? Yeah, I love it. It's no effort. Um, you know, I can put together a curriculum like the eight week outpatient program. Um, I literally wrote that. So it was every Tuesday and the doctor was going to be present in the room. So a lot of pressure. Um, I literally wrote it on the Monday. So I would teach a two hour class on Tuesday and I hadn't even written the program yet. So on Monday, I would write the two hour lesson and present on Tuesday and it was effortless. And I remember the doctor going, my goodness, how long have you been working on this? And oh, months, months. <laughs> you have no idea. Well, I, hope she, I hope she's not listening. <laughs> oh, this, this was like, I took time. No, it, it just flowed. It just, and then that's the way it's supposed to be. When you're in inspiration, when you're in the flow, when you ask the universe, I want to serve the greater good, then you can just be a channel for the information. And it's effortless. So then what, before we let you go, I got two, two f- couple of questions left because I'm, sure. I'm loving how this sounds. When you went on stage the very first time, right, is the new you, before you speak, did you think, okay, they're staring at me? Because everybody has this fear, like when you go on the stage to speak, they have yes. all these eyes looking at you. But tell me yes. the three things first three things if you can remember when your body changed and it was the new you and you went on stage for the first time what was the three things you thought people were looking at you and saying interesting so i believe that god is love and i also believe that we are pure love so what i try to do before i speak and even today that i remind myself i want i am pure love and i want to express love so that my words come out in that way So what I hope that they see is my energy. And in fact, when somebody comments on my energy, man, oh man, do I melt, right? So usually people will tend to comment on exterior appearances, which is lovely. But when someone comes to me and says, I like being in your energy, good, because I work on that. That's what I work on. So I try to look through the eyes of love. So I'm looking out at the audience and sending every person love. And then I'm trying to speak that love. And who wouldn't accept that? I also do a lot of breathing because when we're anxious and when we're nervous, our breathing changes and we don't realize that it's super shallow. And when we have shallow breathing, your your brain is deprived from oxygen and it's a little harder to, to speak. So I do a ton of deep breathing. And then I check my ego at the door. This is another big one. I just say, I... Don't uh, me, me, just me, little old me. I don't have much to say, (laughs) right? But if I want to be a source, a channel for God, and I ask God to take over my words and actions, wow, that's when magic can happen because it's not about me. It's about this prayer of how can I serve this audience? How can I say something that will help somebody out there? So it doesn't matter about me. It doesn't matter if I look good or not good, if I succeed or not succeed. How can I get to somebody? What do they need to hear? Okay. Now, you said it many times before, and I always, you know, if I, I don't jump into it unless I hear it more often and more often. Now, the show is all about business, style, 
and faith. Now you keep bringing up faith mm-hmm. in God a lot. How? Why? Why does that help you? How does that help you? Well, you know, when I was full into my uh, addiction, food addiction, and my life was spiraling out of control, and I just didn't know how to stop, I really had to reach for a power greater than myself because I didn't know the way out. And my best thinking got me a life that was completely hopeless and decimated. And I couldn't trust my thinking anymore. So I just said, you know what? I surrender. Um, I'm going to believe that I'll be carried. I'm going to stop using food. And then I had to believe in something that would carry me through those situations if I wasn't going to use my comfort. So faith for me is really important. You cannot have fear and faith at the same time. And fear used to paralyze me. And when I stopped using food, I would experience paralyzing fear, which to me was a clue as to why I ate so much, to swell the fear. So I needed a replacement. I couldn't just be like, okay, I'm not gonna eat. And now I'll just feel this horrific fear. No, I needed a replacement. And for me, that was a loving, supportive, beautiful God that holds me in his hands and ensures I have everything I need with every step I take. Yeah, that's that's beautiful. Because now you have a partner going through this journey with you. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I love because, you know, I do, I do a lot of like coaching and counseling and some days I'm sure this happens to you too, where you just don't feel good, (laughs) right? You're struggling with your own stuff. Right. And I'm like, holy moly, I'm somebody sitting across from me for one hour and I need to counsel them. And I'll just say a prayer. God, I got nothing. I'm empty. Um, my brain's not in a good place. You take over and do this counseling session, please, please, because I can't do anything. And and it never fails. In the, Even in counselors need counselors, right? So, yeah, for sure. All right. So mm-hmm. here's my top question because I know my jump fans, fans. I always say it on every show. I know you're waiting for me to ask, so I'm going to ask. When you leave this earth, and this is your last breath, what is your legacy? What does you want your legacy to be? Wow, that makes me emotional. So I want my legacy to be my daughter. I want her. Um, You know, children never listen to a word we say. (laughs) They are studying our actions. They are watching us. They're learning how to live a life by observing the way that we live. And so what I've tried to model for her is a life where I love myself, where I take care of myself, where I make myself a priority, where we understand that we have so much abundance, that we have a responsibility to help other people, to do meaningful work, to never let people in our lives who hurt us, that we only send them love and and that we are love. And so my legacy is for her because my parents, you know, they, they were not available to me. And so they never sat down or talked to me about how to live a life, but they showed me how to live a life. And then it took 10 years of therapy to undo what they showed me. <laughs> and I don't ever want to do that for her. I want to, I want to show her, um, a way to live that will bring oh, her man, that joy. sounds great that sounds great and uh is she is she a little princess how is she okay uh, well no she's not a princess <laughs> she doesn't like to be called a princess but um so what is you know what my daughter is my greatest spiritual teacher <laughs> she's unimpressed by me um she's <laughs> And I mean, she comes to watch me, you know, sometimes I have to bring her when I run my clinics and speak to people (laughs) and all that and nothing impresses her. And she, 
So you also, you know, I'm all about gratitude. You know, we just went to northern Newfoundland. We had an amazing uh, adventure this summer. And I have this, you know, thing that at night I want to say, what are you grateful for today? <laughs> Nothing. And I'm like, uh, mommy spent a thousand dollars today. You need to find something to be grateful for, like right now. <laughs> but I'm learning uh, that I have to accept her as she is, exactly yeah. as she is. Because I would like her to be a mini me, <laughs> but she's a mini her. She's a mini her, and she's strong, and she's smart, and she's beautiful, and she's my everything. She's my whole every. I even said to her the other day, I'm like, you are my everything. You're my heartbeat. She goes, that's ridiculous. Go. <laughs> If they want to hear more stories like this or to follow you, number one where can they go? App. The only app you'll need to stay current on local and regional news, jobs, business, Head on over to my website at sandraolia.com. So S-A-N-D-R-A-E-L-I-A.com. And I have a great YouTube channel where I put out these little pearls of wisdom. So if you go on YouTube and you put food addiction recovery, Sandra Olia, I'll pop up, subscribe to my YouTube channel. And I put out, you know, like just short little five, ten minutes. Now listen. Japan's I hope this helped you out because I realized that you know on all my episodes I want you to jump. I want you to do great things. And before you can do great things, you have to have the courage and the the go get yourself to go do great things. Nothing stopping you but you. Once you find out what it is, then you fix it, then you go for it. So I hope having Sandra on the show is helping you to get to that next level. So Sandra, thank you so much. My pleasure. Thank you for the work that Thank you're doing. You. So, Joe fans, important. you know what's going to happen success. now. We're going to leave you here, but we're going to go into the secret vault where I'm going to ask Sandra some questions you might want to hear. So, stay tuned. Sandra, we'll be right back. Thank you for listening. If you liked the show or have a comment, we would love to hear from you. Join our mailing list. And as always, check out our special deals links below. I hope this has inspired you to look at your life and jump. See you next week. Amazon is offering sign-on bonuses up to $1,000. Plus, get up to $20 an hour for select roles. The best part? We're hiring near you. So start now to take home something greater. New, higher wages with a sign-on bonus, a range of real benefits, and career growth opportunities in a top-rated workplace. So earn more and see how great pay and sign-on bonuses can lead to a greater life for you. Go to Amazon.com apply. Amazon is an equal opportunity employer. Amazon is offering sign-on bonuses up to $1,000. Plus, get up to $20 an hour for select roles. The best part? We're hiring near you. So start now to take home something greater. New, higher wages with a sign-on bonus. A range of real benefits and career growth opportunities in a top-rated workplace. So earn more and see how great pay and sign-on bonuses can lead to a greater life for you. Go to Amazon.com apply. Amazon is an equal opportunity employer. Hey, hope you had a great time listening to the show. If you think I did a great job, please buy me a coffee. I still got a lot of work to do. We would love to hear from you, your feedback, so please click the link and leave us a review. You can help us grow by following us on all social media platforms and sharing this link. Once again, it's time for you to jump. Success is waiting.